0: Thank you
1: very much, brother. It's a uh, deem this another great privilege to be here in the this auditorium tonight in the service of the Lord. And now tomorrow night is a special night for prayer for the sick. Uh, for the I believe they give it over mostly to the people that are they're going to go to come from the hospitals and things. Usually in the meetings when we have it set up, we have a. Um, an emergency room that where that when they have a big meeting where they were people can get in and be prayed for each time when they come they can't get into the prayer line. We have a room that maybe they've come for flew in by plane or something for hundreds of miles and just have to be there that one night and go back. So we always try to catch them all. But when we're having this type of service. I feel that every person that's in the building is prayed for each night. See, because as I try to make it plain, you see, that that if there was, uh, I see it like a man sitting here in a wheelchair. If I know that there, if I could take a quarter and push it with my nose around this city, we have that man to get up out of that chair and be made well, I'd do it. Sure, I'd certainly do it. And now maybe he'll live an ordinary lifetime sitting in that chair. But maybe there's a man sitting out there somewhere that's got heart trouble in just a few hours and now he's going to be dead. Unless something helps him. He's in a more critical condition than this man sitting in the chair. Then I would push the quarter certainly around the city with my nose, which would take me days to do it. But, and I probably, have no nose left when I got through pushing it around. But I would do it to see that poor mortal healed. So, I, uh, I cannot heal anyone. I never have healed anyone, but I have seen tens of thousands healed. And so, I, if only thing I try to do is to get them to have faith in what's already appropriated for them. So when you see, is think, if Jesus came here tonight, and was wearing this suit of clothes that he gave me, and you walk up to him and say, Lord, will you heal me? He would perhaps look astonished at you and say, you're a believer in me. Do not you read the scriptures? Yes, Lord. Well, did not you read that where I purchased your healing at Calvary? I have already done it. If you Here's what it is. If you ever see anything in a pawn shop, and then you go and redeem that from the pawn shop. You cannot redeem it the second time. It's already redeemed. If someone gives you a ticket where the price has been paid and that article is redeemed, it's redeemed. You don't have to pay for it the second time. That's where Moses made his sin but striking the rock the second time instead of speaking to it. See, he smote it the first time. What did he speak of? The weakness of the blood of Jesus that it had to be smitten for each individual. Christ is smitten for our healing. We just speak to the rock, now, and it brings forth its healing. But you see, we have been taught wrong all about this year—laying on of hands and sensations—and don't never build your your hopes of salvation upon a sensation, because you can have all kinds of sensations. But build it up on the word of God. There's where you can beat Satan any time. Upon the word, it's thus saith the Lord. I remember one night, I don't want to keep you here. I ain't going to say nothing now. i was so many things that if I could stay here for months, I could have, not have time. If I could write and book but what I have seen the Lord do, it would almost make a library in itself. Hundreds of books wouldn't write of the things I've seen just just know he did it. And these about thirty-five years or thirty-one years it is of service for him. And I've seen him do in the meetings that I've held. And around the world. And there are great things that was startling in it. Well, I can remember them and think of them, but we don't write of them, just let them go because sometimes Jesus said see that you tell nobody. And after all, Jesus died for a people that God foreknew would be saved, you see. Now that is true. He came to save that which was lost. But by his foreknowledge, he knew which would be saved. Now, healing certainly is for everybody that has faith enough to receive it. Salvation is for everybody who has faith enough to receive it. In a meeting, if I'm not mistaken, is right here in Illinois. Uh, is there a little place up here called Van Daley or something? Van, Daly? I believe that's the word, is that Van Daly or, Or just across the river in Missouri. It was somewhere here at in Illinois. Coming through the line one night, there was a lady. And uh, you had to watch what he said. Now, in these visions that you see here taking place in the platform, I don't do that. You know who does that? You do it. You don't know it, but you're the one that's uh, doing it. You say, Brother Ryan, that's exactly right, class. You do that yourself. It's just, I wish I could explain it, but there's no way of doing it. It's just like shifting your car and getting it into a gear. See? And it's just like the Holy Spirit, just a gift to know how to shift yourself out and let Him do the talking. See? Shift yourself out. then it isn't you talking, it's Him. And you do that yourself. To try trying to make a little exclamation note, I'd say, exclamation, I'd say this, maybe we're all, we're all going to a carnival, there's this carnival coming to the city of Circus, and we're all up here, we ministers, we're, we're young fellows, and we won't get in to see that. So it happened to be that I was a great, big, tall, skinny fellow, and uh, the brother here was short and sturdy. Now, he'd maybe have a better chance to be stronger than I am. Well, now, he could pack water. He's big and strong. He could do things that I couldn't do at all. Now, I can't help because I'd be tall and skinny. He can't help because he's short and strong. See? Who taking thought can add one cubic to his statue, said Jesus? We are what we are. And that's one thing that's hurt our Pentecostal move. In other moves, is somebody trying to be something that they're not. They're trying to impersonate someone else. You can't do that. You're just what you are. That's all. And when you do that, God will use you in just what you are. And you're just as important as anybody else. As I said the other night, the little bitty hairspring in this watch is just as important as the mainspring. Because it takes it all together to make time. And that when we realize our position in Christ and then abide in that. If it's just a little housewife, stay right there. That's what God wants you to do. Amen. Just be what you are. And uh, many of you remember the healing of Congressman Upshaw. Had been in a wheelchair for 66 years. Served 17 years in the United States government as a as a congressman and so forth. Never seen him in my life. And Dr. Roy E. Davis of the Missionary Baptist Church that baptized me into the Baptist uh, a faith was uh, a Baptist fellowship, we call it. We believe in, in the Baptist Church that the Spirit baptizes you into the body, but we are baptized, if you've been a Tamilite, been immersed any way you want to, and you come into the Baptist Church, you've got to be baptized over into that fellowship. So we call it baptized into the fellowship of the Baptist Church. He was once in a congressman upshaw there that was, and he was Never seen him just walk into the building there in Los Angeles where thousands upon thousands of wheelchairs there were. And I seen him in a vision and began to speak. And he was healed that night for the first time out of that chair without those crutches and things for 66 years. Congressman William D. Upshaw. Fine friend, uh, Churchill and all those as you all know that when I went there and prayed for King George when he had multiple sclerosis and he was healed instantly the next day, played 18 holes of golf and he couldn't even set up for just a few minutes at a time. Right. And I was up to Gusto's and Gusto's brother is a Pentecostal. And why do you, some of you people doubting the Pentecostal is because you live here in a little city and don't know the rest of the world. Forty percent of our government is Pentecostal. That's right, or either Pentecostal influence. Billy Graham said, "No longer can you hide the Pentecostal church. It's the fastest-growing church in the world." What did our Sunday visitor, the Catholic church, make a statement that last year alone the Pentecostals had a million five hundred thousand registered converts, more than all the rest of them put together. Glory.
0: Glory. We're not a bunch of
1: trash. Amen. We've come out of the alley. We're up on glory. glory. But hey. the, we're, the Pentecostal Church and the government officials and all. I had breakfast with Mr. Nixon right there in Washington, D.C. and and speaking in a few days with some of the state senators in my home. Ask asked my secretary these private interviews like we had this morning and what we have of a morning where the people come to uh, find out what the Lord has to say. They stay there. We wait there until the Lord speaks. Not like these little visions you see here. I mean... You do them. But doctors, statesmen, congressmen, potentates from the world over. I was talking to my secretary, that's his mother and his father in law and mother in law sitting right there now. The other day, I, they're waiting on the list from internationally over 600 waiting now from around the world. Come in and sit before the Lord and we pray until he comes down and tells them what to do. Doctors, statesmen, lawyers, Congressman and everything else and the nation over. Even I've had doctors from Mayo Brothers Clinic. Not something just hearsay, friends. God. So here's what the visions are. Now in these meetings, these evangelistic meetings, you don't see one-tenth of it. Ask the brethren who go with me. These are just little, these are something that you do yourself. I hear, and I'll go back to my point, excuse me for leaving it, but we're going to a carnival and there's a great big circus, there's a big board fence around it and we, we don't know how to get over it so we want to see what's on the inside. And there's no man in the world but what wants to know where he come from, what he is and where he's going. There's only one book that can tell you and that's this. Well, who you are, where you come from and where you're going. But every human being likes to look past the curtain to see what's on the other side. Well, we're going to do that now for a parable. And now we go along and I look at this brother and I'm a stronger, great, strong looking man Be a little skinny fellow. Well, I think maybe he can do his part towards getting in to see the, the, the show of what's on the inside. Well, how am I going to do it? The first thing you know, I happen to spy a knothole way up high. Now, he can't reach up there. But I can. So, but to do it, I have to reach down and jump real high, and I get a hold just with my fingers and pull myself up and look through that knot hole. Light really takes the life out of me. I drop down. What did you see, Brother Brandon? A giraffe. Oh, he did? What else did you see? That's all I had time to see. <laughs> Like the kill, see. Look and see if you can see something else. Now you don't realize it, but that's you on the platform, and that's you sitting out there. You're the one that knocks the strength out of me. Last night someone's coming and almost fell four or five times getting up. You don't people don't realize that. If you read the Bible, do you know what poets or prophets or so forth they go into inspiration? Sometimes they don't even know where they're at. Did you ever read of uh, Stevens Foster? Wrote Old Kentucky Home, Way Down Upon the Swanee River. Gave America its best folk songs. He was considered an a Every time he'd write a song, inspiration, then he'd go out and get on a drum. One time when he wrote, he'd come out, just come out of it, he got a razor, called a servant, and committed suicide. Cut his throat. Did you ever hear of William Kemper? certainly have. I stood by his grave recently and cried. He, he was considered in England a, a goofy guy, crazy. Anybody that's real spiritually, science says, it's just one stage away from insanity, from the world. So it's a human mind trying to cope with that mind there. You, can, you don't realize no one will ever know this side of eternity what it means. So then, uh, William Capper following the day, you remember when he Tried to even get in a cab and go commit suicide. Come back got a rope and tried to hang himself. And, and went out and tried to drown in the river. And then wrote that famous song, There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins, where sinners plunge beneath the flood, lose all their guilty stain. Look at the prophet Jonah, as soon as he came out of the belly of the whale, and went and gave his prophecy. As long as the inspiration was only given his prophecy, he was fine. But when the inspiration left him, he sat on top of a mountain and prayed for God to take his life. The prophet Elijah, under a vision of the Lord, fixed it and called fire out of heaven, called rain out of heaven the same day, and killed 400 priests himself. And then when the inspiration left him, run at the threat of a woman and was 40 days and nights out in the wilderness not even knowing where he was at, wandering around, and God found him pulled back in the cave. Is that scripture? See, people don't realize it. You don't realize what things... You say, oh, if I had a ministry like that, you'd want to get rid of it right quick. You don't realize what it does to you. It kills you. But God has given it to you. Critics laugh, make fun, everything, and me standing right here, I know what they're thinking. Certainly, I do. I used to call them out and say everything, but when I did, I found out it hurts. Jesus said, "Let them both grow together. Don't pull up the terrier." That's God's time at the end to pull the terrier out. See? At the end of the harvest, just let them alone. See, go ahead. I've got ministry to serve and so a God to serve, and I just do it the best I can, and they go on. But well, now, when you come to the platform. That's you that's doing that. Like the woman touched his garment. It's your own faith that does it. I have nothing to do with it. To me, I, I can do nothing. I've asked God for something i and over myself for the past five years. And he will not even say a word to me about it. My old mother was laying here dying and saying, Son, what shall be my end? And my sweet old mother, I couldn't tell her until God tells me. See? Uh, he has to speak. I don't do the speaking. It's him. And it's not me that causes the vision here on the platform. Ask my brethren that's with me. This week I have eaten nothing but crackers and milk. It's true. It's fasting, waiting, seeing which way the spirit will lead me. The boys at the door said, "There's a big smarters board down here, brother Branham. How you love going uh, Go to a smart." I said, "I do, but not in healing services." Wait on the Lord. This comes out only by fasting and praying. Here comes tomorrow night when cripples and hospital cases and dying people will be sitting here. Be ready for it. If you love people, and if you don't love people, you might as well get out of the ministry, that's all, because if your heart don't burn for them, I'd rather you'd say something good about my son than you'd say it about me because that's my son. And if we can't love one another, how are we going to love God who we haven't seen? We must find the thing we've got to love one another, though we differ. You got to love anyhow. You can't bluff it, you got to really do it. You got to and that the greatest power ever found in healing is love. When you have sympathy and love for the people, trying to help them. Sometimes I scold them and and go back home home and just think, Lord, what did I do it for? But it's because I love them. If I have to scold my little boy for running out on the street, he'll get killed if I don't get him off that street. Sometimes I have to whip him, crack him, say, Son, stay off of that stream. Not because I don't love that child, it's because I do love him. That's what way God has to do to us, scold us and shake us. Make us a real true, a person that lets his child just do anything is not a good parent. That's right. There's too much of that in America today. and uh, We need the old-fashioned mothers. Now, someone comes to the platform, a lady... Here I am. I've got myself relaxed. And she comes up. Who is she? I've never seen her. I don't know her. What is she? I don't know. Oh, God, I'm depending on you now all day long. I prayed. What is it, Lord? Step across this Bible here. God, there's your word. You made the promise. Between me and that woman stands your word. Your spirit, you're somewhere. God, maybe one thing, it might set this whole building afire. Maybe the Holy Spirit has come in and ward off all the unbelief tonight. There's nothing in here but what's going to believe me. Everything's going to believe because I preach it just as simple as it can, and they've read the Bible and know it's the truth and a promise for this day. Surely they will, Lord. Then trying to relax myself talking. The first thing you know, what am I doing? Reaching up. Reaching up. Find out what kind of faith that woman's got. Finally, find she's got faith. What does it do? It touches. Then between her and I I see it. And where I go, here, up, 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 grab it. You have tuber. Yes, sir. You turn towards the audience. He guessed that. See? Oh, that's mental telepathy. Doctor Jones said it was so and so. Oh, that's mind reading. There you are again. Well, what can you see? You look out there. Here's this one, that one, up here, down there, it is back here. God, walking can Well, Lord, you had to go through the same thing. Now, what else did? What else is wrong with her? Here you go again. You're already fingers aching as it was hanging on there. Now your heart's
0: aching. Okay. Then
1: up you go again. And besides that, you got TV. We had a doctor the other day, and he told you, you were, he was a tall man. You read their mind. Isn't that strange? Even Christians say, well, I suppose it's all right. Well, after a while that one passes by. Here's another one. Then you're just about sagged out. See? Here's another one. Well, there stands a whole line of them. If you don't get every one of them, boy, they never got prayed for it. Something wrong. <laughs> See, I'm trying to use a prophetic gift in an evangelistic service. That's the reason it don't work so well. It does in Africa. It does anywhere else but the United States. Anywhere else but here, it'll work. It doesn't here. People just don't get it. I don't know why, but they don't. That one thing can happen in Africa. Thousands will rush to the altar, screaming, and cry, and jump out of their wheelchairs. If they have to crawl or anything else, they believe God. That's all. They get it. But we've been, see, we've been indoctrinated with so many different isms and so many different things. Somebody says it's this, somebody says it's that. He belongs to another church. He's not he's not one of us. He's a holy roar he, he might be a medium. He might be a devil. See, and all that, that just green up Then somebody says, huh, I'll get out of here right now. Oh, see? Now how can you have a meeting under that? You let me ask you something. Throw this audience of one car with one faith one time. Let me pray for you in the name of the Lord. There won't be a wheelchair left in here, boy, people. Be walking You just try it one time and find out. I've seen it. 25,000 got in the wheelchair, stretchers and everything else in walked. But you got to minister anyhow. This is a nation that's got the money to send me on, the and they got money to bring me. I ain't got no big backing up, only thing I have to do is just depend on God, you, you have mercy, do something, wherever you lead me, I'll go, and that's what I do, see? Now, perhaps maybe the ringmaster comes by now, what are you boys looking at? We were looking in, sir, oh well, come here, he's a great big fella, reaches now and picks me up into his hand, so now I'll tell you how this goes, Brother Branham. You see that show over there? Yeah. Now that's where the Garland ride starts. There they come out here and they ride around this way. They come through here and they do this and this does this and this that. Oh yes, sir. Set in the palm of his hand. And this is this and this is it. Sets me down there at the grandstand. You know and we Show me everything's going to happen. Oh, I say thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Now you be a good boy. Thank you, sir. Why have you? What'd you see? Oh, bless God. You see? See, I'm not tired. See? He just lifted me up and showed me. Now, that's you using God's gift or God using his own gift. See? Now, you say, is that scriptural? Yes, brother. A woman touched his garment one time. And he said, I got weak. Is that right? But one day when he was in the home of Martha and Mary, and then He, uh, God showed him. He said he'd done nothing until the Father showed him. And God showed him that Lazarus was going to die. So he said, you go away, and they're going to send for you. Yeah, i approve prove He said, go away, and after four days, he's going to die, and then you go back, and you wake him, go to the grave and wake him, and so forth, because he had to done it, or if he didn't, he told something wrong. So he went, and they sent for him. Did he go back? Your friend Lazarus is sick, ready to die. You know what the father told him, so he just went they said again, Lazarus sick, come see him right quick, he's going to die. He just went on. If you'd have sent your pastor and he didn't come, you would join the next church. That's the reason you don't get them. You've got to believe you're the servant God sent you. If he's led of the Spirit, let him alone. Then uh, after four days, Jesus turned around because that's what the Father, no doubt, told him because he said he did nothing the Father showed him. Uh, he turned around and said to his disciples, he know the time is fulfilled. He said, our friend Lazarus is asleep. All oh, they said, he's doing well. He said, then he told in their own language. He said, he's dead. And for your sake, I'm glad I wasn't there. So, he said, but I go waking. And when he got to the grave, listen to what he said. I thank thee, Father, has already the But I just say these, this for those who stand by. I said it for their sake, you see then he said, Lazarus! Come forward. And Lazarus came forth. He never said a thing about getting weak, did he? That was God using his gift. The yeah, other was a woman using his gift. You see the difference? You understand now? Amen. That's what it is. It's you that's doing it. Now in the interviews and so forth, they have uh, times where the Holy Spirit, like sitting this morning before a young couple, it went down through their life, picks it up and brings it back. And my famous doctor sat in the room recently and asked me about a certain thing. I said, will you pray with me? He said, I will, sir. We knelt down and prayed. I said, now you're studying of building a clinic and there's a certain thing fixing to happen. And you looked at a certain place to build this clinic. You said they couldn't touch it for 25 years. But I said, thus saith the Lord, doctor. He said, do you think the city needs a clinic? I said, yes, sir, it needs a clinic. I think you're a fine doctor, so you go to. He said, it can't be that old. It can't be there. I said, I've done fought that in court. I said, you can't build it there. I said, it'll be built out of a red brick. It'll have a light roof on it. It'll almost be a city block home. And it'll be there, and your name will be on the front of it. I saw it. Thus saith the Lord. He said, I'd like to believe that, sir. I said, do you remember when you sent me that man not long ago? that didn't even have any liver, half of it, eat out that minister. That morning I saw those five apples come down and a big healthy apple eat up the unhealthy apples. And I told you, thus saith the Lord, he had live and you said, how can you live without a liver in you? I said, he's preaching and he picked my place at the Milltown Baptist Church. I said, he's still there. He said, oh, I remember Reverend William Hall, Milltown Baptist Church. I said, he's still there. That's been about five years ago. I said, your clinic will be there. He said, I hope you're right. And I said, hope? Oh. I said, he's always rocking. And so the next morning he called me up and he said, Brother Branham, I said he said, I'm freezing to death, and it was in July. And I said, Freezing to death. He said, Shivers running over me. Said they had a meeting in Boston last night with all the bids in for that place. They picked me. It ain't gonna have to wait twenty-five years. It's already set. I bought the place already this morning. There's a clinic, brother. Right in St. Louis just recently had a great medical meeting. He made a speech and he told that. Got a sign of it sticking on his door, engraved in brass. He said, if anybody ever doubts any physician, have him to call me collect. <laughs>
0: That's him.
1: Oh, you see, friends, it's not nothing. It, the thing of it is you can't wake yourself up. That's all. You can't wake yourself up to the reality of what it is. You children and you people here in this wheelchair. You know how to help you. I do it. You know it. Oh, God bless your heart. I would do it. But you're no more to heal a person in a wheelchair, is no more than heal a woman's heart from it. And the greatest thing you ever done was save a man's soul to change his whole disposition. Yes. Far. You just think you're bound for all, all time. You're not. No, sir. I've seen tens of thousands of wheelchairs of people healed out of it, See? And I know. Them. And it is true. Someone said, it, My grammar's bad. I remember Fort Wayne not long ago, I was preaching at B.E. Rediger where his daughter had been healed of insanity a few days ago. Oh, there I go again. so many things to say. An insane girl that was going to the marg and the Catholic school wouldn't even let me in. I went in as a visitor, spoke to the girl a few minutes. I said, Paul, Father, I used to go with the girl's mother. I said, Thus hath the Lord. She has her right mind. Her mother grabbed me around the waist, and she said, "Look to her husband, she said, he's never wrong. I said, now she didn't mean me, she meant the Spirit of the Lord. About two hours after that, the father called me up weeping. He said, Brother Branham, I don't know what to say. His daughter was just only 18 years old, teacher of music, right. and played the overtures and so forth, same studies that my daughter is studying. He said, I don't know what to say. He said, that girl instantly come to herself, and these doctors are holding a council right now. He said, she's going home with us this afternoon. Uh-huh. That's right. I said, He said, Oh, I'll blast it through the country. I said, Shh, tell no one. Go ahead, and thank God and move on. See, just keep going on. He's wonderful if you'll just believe him. One more little thing for you people. Just because you're here in the meeting and you accept your healing, it don't happen right away. Don't pay attention to that. It will happen if you've got enough faith to believe it'll
0: happen.
1: There was a woman coming to the meeting one night. She passed through, she had stomach trouble. The Holy Spirit said to her, You are Mrs. So and so, you came from a certain place that you have a stomach trouble. And said, What it is, it's a duodenal ulcer. Said it's very dangerous, and the doctor says that you might hemorrhage with it sometime because he's been wanting to operate. I said, But you're afraid of the operation and therefore you're not able to eat anything hard at all but just bross and stiffen like a bullion and soccer. She said, That's right. And uh, she said, is he right, Mr. Brennan? I said, certainly your doctor is right. And I said, the reason is because it was caused by tension. You're under such a tension all the time. She said, I have been a nervous child. I looked at her, and I see her sitting down by a nice big steak eating, you know, and eating a piece of apple pie. That's what I saw in the vision. I said, but thus saith the Lord. Watch what it says, see. You're the one who's making it say this, but look what it says behind it. That's the thing, see. He said, you got a cancer, you know that. But see what he says about that cancer. See? That's when you're watching. So then, and uh, she it told her, so she said, I'm going out and eat. So she went out and eat. And uh, a little bit behind that come a lady that had a big growth on her throat. And the Holy Spirit told her, that growth shall leave you, thus saith the Lord. So they happened to be neighbor women. And so the next day she tried to eat, and oh my, she liked to die. And so she tried for two or three days and she'd just vomit and gag and blood fly out of her mouth and everything. And after about a week, her husband, being a Christian, but he said, honey, said, you're bringing reproach upon the cause. Said, you mustn't say things like that. She started crying. She said, hubby, listen. She said, that man did never see me in his life. And by some sort of a power that I believe was the Holy Spirit according to what I read in this Bible, he told me what my trouble was, who I was, exactly through the letter, and told me that thus saith the Lord, that I'd be well. She said, until that time comes, I'm going to be acting like it. <laughs> Good. Good. So he said, go ahead, burst your ulcer, and then you'll bleed to death. She just went on. Of course, he, he didn't have... See, it never happened to him. It happened to her. It wasn't his faith. It was hers. Well, about two months passed. Nothing happened. One morning, the children had left to go to school, and she was washing the dishes, and she was singing, and after a while, she had the funniest feeling come over, she said. she come testify of it. So it so the funniest feeling went over. She got real hungry me, and She said, well... The children left some oats in their plates. You know, I guess mothers do that. And so she got a, a little bit of the oats and eat it. And she thought, she usually would vomit with it. So she got a little oats and she eat it. And that toast looks so good. She was taking a bite of the toast. Some of the kitties had left. So she went on a few minutes and she was still hungry. Didn't vomit. So she just poured her out some. Stir them up. Eat her a piece of toast. Went on washing. She just felt fine. Fixed her house around. She got real hungry again. So she just went and fried her two eggs and some bacon, got a cup of coffee and had a gastronomical jubilee. So she just really got ready for it. So she just ate all she could. Waited about, about 10 o'clock. Nothing happened. She's get hungry again. So she thought, oh, praise God. She said, I'm going down to tell my neighbor. And when she got down there, she heard someone screaming and crying. So she to the door and shut the door. Nobody answered. She thought maybe somebody had died. And so she ran into the house real quick and hear this woman with the sheet in her hand, shaking it like that and screaming at top of her voice. And she said, what's the matter? She said, you know what? said, last night I was standing before the mayor, looked at that knob on my neck. Now look, it's gone. said, I'll shove every sheet and everything else to my best And I woke up this morning. And... Now, I've got their names and address, see, documented statements, and see what it was when that angel of God, now anybody that's a Bible student knows that sometimes that God does not come right on the scene when he, when he should come, and we think he should. Remember, Daniel prayed just 21 days before the angel could get to him, is that right? Amen. All right. How many knows that? Amen. What happened the very angel of God that made the promise. Not me now. I had nothing to do with it. I didn't know him. But said, "Thus saith the Lord." It took him almost two months when he was passing through the neighborhood, confirming that word that he had spoken. Glory to God. If that ain't the same God in the Bible, I
0: don't know
1: happened tens of hundreds of times friend so what am I saying that for building your faith for tomorrow night's healing service I want you to If it not don't bluff it it won't bluff you can't bluff the devil you remember when Jesus gave his church like he gave his church power in Saint Martin Matthew the 10th chapter cast out the devils he was sick and, and was the lepers raised the dead is that right now I want somebody who doesn't believe in divine healing. Show me by the scripture where he ever took that power away from the yeah, church. Right. Okay. I want the chapter, the Amen. book, and the verse. Amen. That's right. Amen. Where he gave that power to his church, I can show you chapter, book, and verse where he told them it would be in all races, all places, to all the world. Now you tell me where he said I made a mistake. I have got to take it back. That's
0: right. See, Amen.
1: Show it to me, some critic. Yes. It's not in God's word. Now, it, see, it isn't where you're looking at, my critical friend. Is this? You're looking at the weakness. You're looking at what the people is doing about it. But don't look at that. That's what God said about it. Amen. That's it. You're looking at the wrong way. You're cross-eyed. See? And a man's cross, I don't know which way he's going. See? So you just you look single eyed at God, what God said, not what people's doing about it, what the seminary said, but what God said. Amen. And if this isn't the word of God, then go get something that is the word of God. No wonder the priest has a Catholic priest has to be so smart. He's got six hundred books and he has to learn is just the sacred tomb in that Bible. 600 other Bibles, like, of other men who wrote books that he's got to learn, smart, and no way to keep up with them, talk about when it comes to intellectual, but God do not use that at all. That's foolish to him. The humility of believing in Jesus Christ,
0: yeah, I mean, God I mean. respect, oh, yeah. makes it even
1: a fool should not err in him. Now look here. Jesus in Matthew ten had gave them power to heal the sick. They went out to cast out devils, come back rejoicing, and so forth. And ten days after that time, they were totally defeated on epileptic kidneys. That's
0: right. That's
1: right. I can imagine here, Andrew says, "Step back, boys. Sure, you can do it. Let me show you how I have done it over Capernaum." Amen. Let's check the Lord. Come on. Hallelujah. Come out of the devil. boy just kept on in this fast. And I can hear Peter say, Oh, remember, you are wrong. No, let me show you how I've done, done a job. I'll Let me have you. Push the water and say, This is the way you do it. And it's all defeated. <laughs> Not
0: because they didn't have power.
1: Not a lot. natural a look coming down off the mountain. I see him come walking quietly. Bible said there's no beauty we should desire him. Maybe a little stoop-shouldered fellow. But when he come walking up to where you was, that father ran and said, Lord, I brought my son to your disciples, but they couldn't do anything for him. He said, will you help us? And he said, uh, I can if you believe. For all things are possible to man to believe. Yes. He said, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. Brother, when that devil walked in the face of him, <laughs> he knew he met him on a different level than what them disciples had. He said, come out of him. And the boy fell and had the worst fit he ever had. And then he straightened out stipend, and stiffened. They said, he's dead. He said, he's not dead. Take him out. Disciples come along. He said, now listen, here's the modern day. Well, Lord, I guess you took all of our power away from us. The church don't have power anymore. No. So why couldn't we cast him out? He said, because of your unbelief. Right. 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 that right? That's right? The church still has the power. You Methodist here, you got that power. You Baptists, Presbyterians, Nazarenes, Pilgrim but you're afraid to use them. That's all. What good would it do for me to have a fine hunting gun and laying on the wall afraid to shoot it? I'd never get any game, I'm sure. Well, I might make a whole lot of fizzles and have some back bars and not hand load very good for the <laughs> but i'm shooting anyhow <laughs> i'm trying off the heart yes sir so you will do that let's have faith and know that if we believe it amen, amen. let's bow our heads now lord jesus sometimes we talk like children and we're glad to be that. For if we know so much, you can't lead us no more. But as long as we're children, you forgive us of our ignorance and, and we just trust your hand. Sometimes we scream and shout and carry on because, Father, we're children. We, we, we don't depend on our own ability. We're just happy that we're, we have a Father that watches over us. We're so happy for this. Lord, there are people here that's sick, afflicted, some of them st- are saved. Some are not saved. Some believe they're saved and not. Some are, they're just all kinds, Father. It's all mixed up. Will you help us tonight that we could have one one great mammoth mass healing tomorrow? Grant it, Lord. May there be such a outpouring of your Spirit Lord, I pray that you'll just grant it in such a way till there will not be a feeble person left in the building. Grant it. Now we're going to open back the pages of the Word. Now I can not open this book or no one can only physically with my hands. Let the Holy Spirit open it and interpret to us a few words that would build our faith in such a way that all of the unbelief would fade away from us. And we'd be perfectly satisfied with a pure, unadulterated faith in God that He heals the sick, He saves the lost. And if there's any sin in our midst, Lord, take it away, please, Lord. And let us sanctify ourselves tonight through the faith in the blood of Thy Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. We ask it in His name. Amen. I hear just talking to you, and it's time to close. I've got quite a few scriptures they got written down here. I'd like to refer to. I might not get to any of them, but for a, bay, a way of context, I won't be too long. Honest, I hope I'm not. But I'm just uh, want to read from the book of Jeremiah, the eighth chapter, the twenty-second verse. This is a question of three letters I'm going to ask the audience tonight. Is there no bomb in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Then why is not the health of the daughter of my people recovered? Now I'm going to ask the question, like God did, why? W-H-Y. Why? Is not the health of the daughter of my people recovered? Pardon me. Now, that is quite a statement. But I believe that if God makes a way for anything, makes a way of escape, makes a way for it, and the people doesn't receive it, doesn't walk in it, then he has a right to ask why. If you went and bought your boy a car, you say, uh, Junior, I, I do not want you to to go to any pool rooms. Your father and mother, we are a Christian home. I don't want you smoking cigarettes. I don't want you going to dances with these modern uh, dances where they drink and things. We, we are Christians here, Junior, and you'll you'll bring a reproach upon our home and upon the cause that we stand for. And I'll be real good to you, Junior. I'm Daddy works hard, so I'm going to slave away till I save enough money to buy you a little car because you can go to school it. you insist and, and just be nice. I'll get you nice clothes. And then you find out that Junior is smoking and drinking and going to places. Then you've got a right to ask that boy... Why? Because you made every way for him to have pleasure and to take his little car and go fishing and, and so forth and go out riding. And, and then it, you'd have a right as a father to ask him, why? Why did you do it? Isn't that right, brother? Yes. Then if God made so way for his people to escape and get away from the wrath that's fixing to come, and they don't receive it, then he's got a right to ask, why didn't they do it? I landed in Bombay, India, here some time ago. I was reading a piece in the paper. I still have it, or I beg your pardon. Tommy Nichols has it now. It's coming out in the Christian businessman's voice. It said, the earthquake must be over. Now, India isn't rich people like they are in America. Now, the foreign people... Really think that as long as you're an American, you're a rich. Well, that is right according to them, but according to the status they have to live in. But uh, uh, they uh, they have their fences where they pick up rocks like we did in early America. Make their fences. A lot of their homes were built out of rock and mud. But one day, they come a strange thing happened, and all the little birds that lived in these rocks along the fences and in the big towers all flew away from their nest and left it. Just evacuated their nest. And the cattle and sheep that, when the day got hot, they'd feed early in the morning and late in the evening. But instead of, in the, in the heat of the day, they come and stand in the shadows of this fence to keep cool. But instead of that, they run right out in the middle of the field and all leaned against one another. Cattle, sheep, animals... And the people wondered what strange action this is. Two days it happened. All of a sudden, an earthquake blew the country. Then walls fell in. An earthquake shot four or five different times for maybe two days. They had earthquake after earthquake. Finally, the little birds begin to fly back into their nest. The places that was left. The cattle come back around what walls was left. What was it? The same God that warned the birds and the animals to go into the ark for safety shows He is the same God today. He warned His animals to flee and to get away from those great walls that was fixing them to fall. Now, if God can do that by instinct to an animal... How much more should we who claim to be his children, filled with the Holy Ghost, be warned of the Spirit to flee these things of the world away from them? They're fixing to crumble in. Go to the ark of safety, which is Christ. Just as quick as you can get into him, go quickly. Don't wait a minute. For the hours coming when the door will be closed and mercy will be no more. So, if God has made a way, and then at the judgment, he's going to ask why. I used to know a song we sang. When the last book is open, what then? When the preacher has preached his last prayer, or prayed his last prayer, or something like that, the Bible's closed on the pulpit... The arms are all stacked, the taps sound out for its last time's over the hill, the retreats are made, the sun's setting for its last time, Uh, the Mimic has made his last act and Hollywood is finished. What then? You're going to be asked to give a reason why you didn't come. Then what then? What's going to answer for? How are you going to escape it? Now, we want to think these things seriously for about 30 minutes as I'll try to refer to some scriptures here. Now, you're going to be asked every one of you why. When it comes to a spot that when God has made every preparation, set the Holy Spirit, and revealed and showed everything that He promised in the Bible right before you, then what are you going to do? You know, it's something like the other day... In Louisville, Kentucky, there was a woman, had a little baby. And she was packing it around from place to place, and was in a ten-cent store. And she'd say, look darling, look darling, look darling, and she got hysterically. And after a while she said, oh, we're just screamed out, and the people, the patrons in the, the building began to notice that strange action of the woman. And she just fell across the table and sat, began crying. And when they wondered what was the matter with her, they went over. She said, my little boy here, two years old, said about six months ago, he just sat and stared. And said, I'm him to the doctor. There's nothing that should attract a little boy like him will attract him. Said, he just sits and looks blank. And said, I shake these little trinkets and things that ought to attract his attention. But he just sits blank. There's something wrong with him. Now, please forgive me. If I, I don't mean to hurt feelings, but remember, this is where correction is. This is judgment. That's a whole lot like the church is today. God has shook all kinds of spiritual gifts before them, and they still sat like they were just staring. That's
0: right. That's the
1: they don't know. You can speak against women wearing
0: short hair. They never
1: more like it, about our uh, immoral address.
0: They don't even anything
1: about it. About fussing in the denominations. One's better than this and this and this and this and this, and this. They don't even know about these. Go right on fussing, It's the same. I wonder what we're going to do at the judgment when God says, What? Amen. He sent an old Robinson, Tommy Hicks. Spoken tongues and interpretation of tongues and give messages and prophets and everything else that He promised in the Bible, every blessing He shook it before the church, and constantly they lay on in unbelief. That's right. Then God will say, Why? Then what's your answer? Now, don't don't think I'm trying to hurt, but look sitting there in these wheelchairs. Look out there at the sickness. As many times as old Roberts and many great ministers of healing gifts and jack-codes and things with that bulldog thing grabbing a hold of it and you've seen things done. Then he comes along with a prophetic gift and shows and deserves and playing power-proofs world around. And Well said, I wonder if something could happen. God's going to ask you why. And you're going to have to answer. Yes. Now, that's true. Now, one time there was a king, his name was Ahazah. He was the son of Jezebel and, and Ahab. And he took his father's place in Samaria when Ahab was killed, according to the prophets. And the dogs licked his blood, uh, just exactly what the prophet uh, had said would take place. And Ahazah took his place. And he was a renegade, just like his father and his mother. And one day he was walking through the lattice of his house, perhaps the same lattice that the, that the Queen of Sheba or some of the, in her days, that they, when they built the Temple of Solomon. And he, he fell through that lattice and hurt himself and got sick. And he sent up to Ikron to be Elzebub, a devil sent two men up there, a group of men, said, go up and consult and ask Beelzebub, the god of of Akron, if I am going to get well, yes or no.
0: And God
1: sent an angel down to the old Elisha sitting down in a little cave door. He said, go up and meet him. God knows when to send and when not to. He said, go up and meet him and tell him, thus saith the Lord.
0: And old Elijah walked
1: sturdily up there and stood in the road. when he seen him come up. He said, you're on your road over to that to, to hickering, over there to meet, them, to meet the Beelzebub, to meet their prophets, to consult whether Ahaz is going to get well or not. He said, go back and
0: tell him, why did you do that?
1: Is it because there's no God? Is it because there's no prophet there? Why would you go to a thing like that then? Don't tell him, thus saith the Lord. He's not coming off that day. Oh, my. That's God. What's the matter that we change our papers from Methodist to Baptist to Presbyterian and all other different denominations and things running around? Why do we do these things? Why do we go why do we stay home on Wednesday night and watch We Love Susie or some of them plays and uh, television programs and things like that? Is it because there is no God in Pentecost? Come on, man. Is it because there's no joy in the house of
0: the Lord? Yes, amen. Is it because
1: there's no profit there? Is it because these things are not so? Yes. If there's no physician there, is there no bond in Gilead? is healing. Then why is the daughter of my people still sick? That's why. Why do we do these things? Why do we act like the world? Why does our women still dress like the world? Why do our pastors let deacons come in with two or three different wives and serve on the deacon boards? Why do we go just like the world and begin to act like the world and talk like the world? And, and why are we doing it? Is it because? Why do we have to great build shrines that's worth millions and millions of dollars and preaching Jesus is coming in the next few days? Missionaries on the field with no shoes on their feet living on one meal a day. Why would we throw our money away for stuff like that? And missionaries all Illinois have no shoes on their feet man of God will answer for it someday. God's
0: going
1: to say, Why? Ah! That's, right. That's right. That's right. Mother trying to hand you a little baby and his little belly swell that big dying for hunger. We try to want to keep up with the Joneses. God's going to ask us, Why? Yes. Now, our great organizations building tens of millions of dollars worth of buildings and things like that. And preaching Jesus is coming soon. Our own testimony meets us in the face by the Word. No, we don't believe what we're talking about. Just become a routine around and around and around. The Father says so we say it too. If you really believe it, act like it. If you believe in divine healing, accept him. Yes. If you believe the Holy Ghost and
0: right, stay there for ten minutes until He comes.
1: Right. Don't take those substitutes. Stay there until the real thing's there. That's right. Well, you pass from death to life, and the brother, of the birds of Saint, different everybody, all the ones you hated, you you love and everything will be different when you do it. Why don't we substitute something instead of it? God's going to say, why? Then we're going to have to answer. Now that is right, brother. You yeah, believe right. that, all right. of yeah, right. Right. Amen. That's right. Now that's that's where we're standing. We should be a church on fire with faith, brother, burning. Instead of that, we a little like a bunch of little coyotes backed up in the corner. Well, I believe it. I know uh-huh. you're backing up. Stand up there. to it. Amen. not going to just break the thing down consolidate with some other of our denominations our Methodist brethren you our Baptist brethren our Pente- or Presbyterian or will not you all go back and be Catholic that's the oldest one of the bunch of them oh, yeah. mm-hmm. go back and be that but if we're Pentecostal let's be Pentecostal oh, by experience Amen. Oh, yeah. wow. shake yourself
0: oh, yes
1: oh, say yes. Yes. So go tell him what's the matter why would the Pentecostal people? A girl asked me the other day, said, Brother Bram, we begin to wear scandal skirts. I said, What's that? <laughs> oh, she said, the girls who are wearing skirts that's cut down this way that shows her underskirt. Do you think it's wrong for a girl to do that? I said, Sister, what in the world does a Pentecostal Holy Ghost filled girl want to show her underskirt on?
0: I would just
1: like to ask you that. No, yes. You should have been right with God. She wouldn't have had to ask that. No,
0: right.
1: I've got a little Bible. When I first started out, I wrote a little book. Somebody said, is it wrong to smoke? Is it wrong to drink? Is it wrong to so-and-so? Like I, I said, don't ask me foolish questions. Make this up in your mind. If you love the Lord with all your heart, you don't smoke, cheer, or drink any shine. And that, I still stand by that.
0: Amen.
1: When the love of God's in your heart, you've got no time for nothing else. Absolutely. You're sold out. Amen. The Bible says if you love the Lord or the things of the world, it's because the love of God's not even in you. Amen. And your own life tells about it. I hope that's plain enough. I won't have to get any plainer. But that's true. By their fruits, you know that. So shake ourselves. Let's be Pentecostal or, or it'll be something else. We're not Pentecostal. Let's same we are. Yeah. Until we get back to the real Pentecostal experience. Get back to faith. Daring faith. Them disciples seal their death with their faith. Oh, faith of our fathers living still inside of dungeon, flame, or sword. That's what we want real, genuine faith. You Methodists need it. You Baptists need it. You Pentecostals need
0: it. All of us need it.
1: God's going to say, why? Is there no bomb in Gilead? Is there no physician there? And why? Is there no, is there no prophet in Israel? Is there no God there? Has Pentecostal lost their God? Don't they have any more gifts than amongst Pentecostal? Have they no more prophets, gifts of prophecy, prophets, teachers, pastors, evangelists? No one else to speak in tongues and give message? One thing, you don't reverence them gifts enough. Another thing, you don't prove them first. Then you get every kind of a spirit in there speaking. When you get that spirit and don't say something, it's right, get it out of there. You don't want to substitute, God's got a real one for you. Some man speaks in tongues and letting it's a message to the church. Everybody keep still, that's God speaking. And listen, see if it's not to the church, then it's in the flesh. If it's something to the church and it doesn't come to pass, then that's a foul, evil spirit because
0: God won't lie. That's yeah. true. That's right.
1: And you'll have your church setting in order. Hmm? But the way it is, just let it fly loose anywhere and somebody chewing, chewing gum, another eating popcorn, one talking, another whispering, somebody trying to speak in tongues three or four at a time and, and this and trying. Oh, my. That's right. It becomes a Corinthian affair again. We ought to get it back in order, back with the Holy Spirit. Lord, test that gift. You say, oh, Brother Brandon, if we test that, well, Brother, it has to be tested right here, don't it?
0: That's
1: yes. <laughs> yes. right. Yes, right. Don't be afraid if it's God. It's right. Amen. 100% right. Amen. 100% right. amen. amen. Yeah. Glory you. Yes. But I'm over the top of that. I was talking to the man, the editor. Bob, what's his name, Writes to Christian Life? Uh, he's down at uh, Schumer, not Bob Schumer, he's a Methodist brother, I know him real well, but I can't think of his name, It writes to Christian Life, the uh, walker. He come to Indianapolis, and he said, Brother Branham, what about the Pentecostals? He said, they do this and do that, I said, and what about the rest of them? They do the same thing. But many times, their members are... In the paper, out, the editors of the paper, and they should not hear about it. But I said, well, they do just as bad. But I said, sometimes somebody does get off of the wrong end. And then what do you all do? You jump from across the real thing and pull over to that. And this over on this side that's real wildfire, far apart pull back over to Old coal farm. I said, it's right in the middle of the road goes the genuine Holy Ghost. The church going... Them old cold formals on one side and radics on the other side is all false from the real thing. Isaiah said in the thirty fifth chapter, there shall be a highway. And you Nazarenes call it the highway of holiness. You're wrong. Not disputing your word. But said there shall be a highway and and a conjunction. That's uh, right. There shall be a highway and a way and it shall be called not the highway, but the way of holiness. In the middle of the road. Dr. Weed, I know you simply, brother. I know it. He He's a darling brother, a precious friend of mine. I was preaching on that one time. Brother Weed got up and he said, you know what, Brother Vivert, I guess all of you know Brother Vivert. He's my cousin, his biggest siblings at, at uh, Evansville, Indiana. We had in the man's meeting on the other side. He said, he said Brother Bram, talk about the um, uh, middle of the road. He said, that's not good driving ethics. So I had to be standing behind him. He didn't know it. I said, you see, Brother Weed, just how earthly you can get, you Simley, brother. <laughs> He's a precious brother. And Simley's one of my great sponsors. So I said, you see, you just think about the earthly things so much and get in such a twist that so all you can think about is just the things of the earth. I said, sure, right on earth, that's bad ethics. But this road I'm talking about, you don't come back. It's just a one-way ticket. <laughs> How many knows Roy Weed? He, I mean, he's I mean. one of the finest men that you can get. He's been a real brother to me. And uh, so there you are. But God's going to ask us why. He asked the king why. Now, it wasn't because they didn't have a prophet that he could consult. No, no. No, sir. He could have went and consulted the prophet of God. It wasn't because there was no God in Israel. Sure, the God of Israel would have told the prophet About it, the king. But it was the king's own stubborn way. And that's what's the matter with the nations today in the world. It's not because we haven't got a God, but science is trying to rule him out of the picture. And the people are too stubborn to stand up on the principles of God's Word. Exactly right. They say, oh, that's a bunch of holy rollers. Let it be whatever it may be. I've been, I've traveled the world over several times. I've never seen a holy roller yet. I've looked at these 969 different organizations and churches recorded in Washington, and there's not one of them called holy rollers. That's a dirty name that the devil put on the church. There's no such a thing as holy roller. No such an organization is called holy rollers. They call anybody who believes in holiness holy rollers. And if without holiness no man shall see God, so he see where the Essence of it comes from. Yeah. Alright. The king, he was just stubborn. He didn't want to listen to the prophet. They had a prophet. They had God. But they, the king was too stubborn. That's the way it is today. People are too selfish. They talk about divine healing. They'd rather lay out there and die than even to admit they believed in divine healing. People'd rather, it's just like a man dying on a doctor's doorstep because he won't take his medicine. The doctor's got the toxin for the disease he's got, and the man will sit on the doorstep and the doctor's got plenty of toxin, but he won't take it. He's too stubborn to go in and take it, he'll die. And he ought to. So then, if he feels that way about it, it's not because the doctor, don't lay it on to the doctor. If the doctor's got the toxin and willing to give it, and the patient's sitting on the doorstep and is too stubborn to come in to take it, don't lay it on to the doctor. It's not the doctor's fault, neither it is at the toxin. It's the patient's fault. It won't take it. The same thing it is in the church. We've got plenty of bomb in Gilead. Amen. And we've got physicians here. But people die in the pews and sin without the Holy Ghost because they're too stubborn to take it. And they're afraid it'll hurt their social prestige. It'll break them down. Might cost a little of their card parties and things. Afraid they might cut up a little and act unruly. (laughs) No, don't blame the doctor. Don't blame the remedy. Just blame the patient for not taking the remedy. That's where it's at. We got toxin. We got plenty. The world's full of the Holy Ghost. This is everywhere. We got physicians, brother, that knows how to give the medicine. But the, the people won't take it. Oh, they say, I'm Presbyterian. That don't need no more than a uh, Hog would be a, able to wear a side saddle in a stable level racehorse. That don't have nothing to do with it. Has nothing to do with it. Presbyterian, Methodist, Baptist, or Pentecostal organization or anything else don't mean that to God. You must be born again. Dying in the church pews. Not because there's no toxin, plenty of toxin, but it's because they refuse to take it. Now, you know what? If you refuse to take the doctor's medicine, it's dangerous. You might die. If you don't take the doctor's toxin, you might die. And that's dangerous to not take it. Like the salt vaccine. Like the smallpox. When I go overseas, I, I believe they... They give me so many shots that I look like a guinea egg to get into the places where they, this shot, shots with yellow fever and, and all kinds of toxins. They say, I keep you from taking it. I didn't want to take it, but you have to take it anyhow. So that's why you say, Brother Bram, do you believe in medicines? Well, sure. Certainly, they're God-given things. We believe that, but that ain't what heals you. What if we didn't have health and hygiene? What would we have? The way that people accumulate on earth today and how many things... If the hospital is not of God, then burn the thing down. It's the Antichrist. <laughs> See? Sure, but it is of God, but they don't do no healing. They're just a place to keep you away and to help you and try to keep you clean. While you, If you're ever healed, God heals you. Famous doctor, I wouldn't call his name, he said to me, he said, Billy, you come in here and the first thing is that a horse doctor has to have more sense than we do. He said, he has to know where the horse is sick at. Said, you come in and say, what's the matter with you? Said, you tell me what's wrong. Said, I'm in a hurry. I'll write you a little prescription. Said, you notice whose name's on there? The druggist. He paid for this. Said, I'll charge you $10. You go over and get it filled. He'll go back and fill it and charge you $3 for something he paid $0.2 for. Said, you take it for three or four days. Said, the Lord hasn't healed you by that time. You come back to my office. I'll charge you $5 more. Say, go and get it repeated again. (laughs) There you are. It's God that heals. Now, I'm not condemning a good doctor, God knows that. Now I say this one thing. Let me stop a minute. I have found more doctors believing in divine healing, and I have preachers. Yes,
0: right? Yes.
1: I went from hospital to hospital. A famous doctor had me go to an old man the other day. An old doctor that I don't have to, got time to tell you that was eighty years old, been unconscious for two weeks. Brother Goldier knows of the case. He hadn't belonged to the same club, shooting club that I just went into a few days ago. That old was laying there and a famous one of the best doctors there is in the South. He said, Brother Brandon, will you come over and just have a word with the old man? He'd been unconscious. And while I was holding his hand, he came to me and said, Hello, doctor. <laughs> I said, I'm not a doctor. I said, I'm Brother Brandon." He said, Well, man, I must have been asleep. Yeah, about three weeks. <laughs> I said, I guess, doctor, how long have you been practicing medicine? I said, how old are you? I said, fifty-two years old. He said, before you were nursing. And I said, I guess the many nights you've had a flashlight down along the creek banks, the old country doctor, down along the creek banks, trying to find uh, some baby with a bellyache or a mother in labor. And he said, not a flashlight, a lantern. <laughs> and uh, I said, I guess you and then you didn't get nothing far. Maybe a set of eggs or something. So said, no, I didn't expect nothing. And I said, well, you know what I think, Doc? You believe in God. He said, I wouldn't be here if I didn't. And I said, you know what I think? I said, over in the glory land... They must have a little place over the corner where all them good old doctors that's helped so many times. He started crying. I said, now I'm getting excited. He said, no, 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 stay right here. Doctors, my doctor, standing there, a friend of mine standing wringing his hands, crying. Standing back in the corner. Afterwards, he said, i never see anything like it in my life. He said, what did you do to him? I said, I've never done one thing but put my hand on him. God-fearing old man. He said, no. I held his hand I said... Get you poor performing many operation, Doc. He said, I never picked up a knife before I asked my Creator to help me and guide. I said, you may be 86 years old, but if I had to have operation, I want them same hands to perform
0: it. That's right.
1: I said, there must be a little place over there in heaven where he had. He said, Brother Bram, you think you'll let me in? I said, I think so. He started crying. I hugged him up. Here he was down on the range the other day, a big old musket standing there. And said, "Watch me hit that target, boys." He's back practicing, eighty-six years old. Right? <laughs> oh yes, they got real man in there, and they got some renegades too. And Don't holler at them, cause we got some others renegades that calls himself reverend. Yeah, I mean, that's that's right. exactly right. So sauce for the goose is for the gander. Yes, sir. A man's got toxin and. And salt vaccine for these little children in polio. I pray daily that God will send us something for cancer. If we can't have faith, let's get something else. Faith is the first. Let's take the next best. If we can't get that, look at the world and the conditions in poor suffering humanity. Help everybody you can. Everything that helps is of God. Let's help. Let's do everything we can and pray for man. The thing to do, brother, is get our arms together. Both medicine, doctors, hospitals, nurses. Church and all together, and put
0: our faith in God and move forward. what we need.
1: God's going to ask us why we didn't do it some of these days. You remember Luke was a doctor too. Now God never condemned him for being a doctor, but you remember he wrote the great stories of healing. It was surprising to him to see what God could do, and he was the one who wrote them. Farmer Thre- uh, Treatise of Theopius, I have wrote to you and so forth like that. Uh, Jesus and Nazareth, what they all begin to do and say. He knew what Jesus was. Now, people dying in the pew because they refuse the remedy. Now, it is a serious thing to refuse that. But how much more serious is it to refuse God's bomb? What is God's bomb? The Holy Ghost. That's the cure for sin. You might refuse the toxin of the doctor and you might go ahead and live an ordinary Uh, hour, week or two, or die and go on. You might do that. You might shorten your days. But if you fuse God's toxin, you'll die eternally. You'll be completely separated from God in mercy for eternity. So don't you never, is there no bomb in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Then what's the matter with the daughter of my people that they can't believe in divine healing no more? Is it because it's not taught? No. What's the matter then? What's the matter with the baptism of the Holy Ghost? to quit teaching? No. God, did people, people get it? Yeah. Well, is there plenty of balm? Whosoever will, let him come. Drink from the fountain, gushing, fountain of the Holy Spirit, calling whosoever will. Physicians stand there to pass you to it. And why don't you come? Then God said, why? Why didn't you? What are you trying to do, Brother Bradham? Shake a faith into a people that they'll realize. Is there no bomb in Gilead? Now I want to ask you something. The reason they dodge the issue is because they're afraid of the new birth. That's what it is. Oh, we Americans are so stylish, you know. Oh, my. So much we just got to put on what we call the dog. You know, everybody's got to just be like the Joneses, but they got, I hope there's no Joneses here. If there is, I don't mean it to them, but that's just an American expression. Um, like or Doe, John Doe, I'll say they got to be like that. We, we got to be so classic. They're afraid of the new birth. Let me tell you, brother. They say, oh, one time I was out there preaching and there's a boy from a certain church that I used to belong to come up. and he said, Billy, you know what? I was enjoying your message so much until that woman got up back there and began to scream and to cry and then she got all them people started crying. Oh, I said, that excites you? He said, well, I couldn't hear what she was saying. And I said, that, that, it was all right up to that time. I said, oh, she's just rejoicing. I said, oh, that just made chills run up my back. And I said, brother, if you ever get to heaven, you'll freeze to death.
0: <laughs> Let me tell you.
1: I said, because even the angels in heaven is screaming with wings over their face and over their feet, day and night. Holy, holy, holy unto the Lord. Holy, 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 holy earth to the Lord. I said, You're living in the quietest world you ever lived in. If you go to hell, there'll be weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. If you go to heaven, there'll be glory, holy, holy, holy unto the Lord, day and night. The quietest place you ever lived. So he happened to play on a Colgate's baseball team. And he said, Well, I don't they don't do that in my church. I said, that, I hope you don't think yours is a pattern. And uh, so he said, Well I said he said, Well, that don't look very much like a Christian to me when a minister speaking to say a thing. I said, You know what? That encourages me. you Hear him say, Amen, and so be it. I said, I used to have an old dog, and I said, he'd take anything but a skunk. And I said, I'd, I'd get him a tree under a brush pile, and the only thing I had to do is get him to get that skunk. I didn't want it myself, so and I, that's how I got my school clothes, was, was trapping and hunting. And, and I'd get this skunk under the brush pile, and old Fritz would stand there. The only thing I had to do was get him to go there, raise up the pile, and he'd get back and look at me like that. Then, Master you're not going to run me under there, are yeah? I said, go get him, boy. Sicky, 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 boy. Go get him. He go get him. I said, the devil's the biggest skunk I know of. <laughs> when I hear people saying, that's right, amen. We got him treed then, brother. We'll get him pretty soon. <laughs> Just let him go. <laughs> yes. Yes, that's right. We got, amen. I said, look, I heard you the other night when Charles Nolan knocked that home run. I don't live very far from the park. I said not over by five blocks. I said I never heard such a noise in all of my life. He said, "Oh, Billy, you ought to have been there." I said there's three men on base, and you know Charles went to school with him. I said, "Sure." He said he knocked the home run, and said, "Man, I'm telling you, you ought to see them slide in." I said, "You unholy rollers down there!" I couldn't even sleep for him. Yeah. <laughs> unholy rollers. I said, "If we're holy rollers, then you're unholy rollers." See? I said that. I said, you'd be a poor basketball fan there and say, Oh, yeah, I see, a home run. <laughs> I said, you'd say he wasn't very much enthused. He knocking straw hats down over one another's head and slapping one another and shaking and everything like that. I said, when the preacher gets the pulpit and hits one of them home runs like that and stands, saints open up the way and see heaven with the Holy
0: Holy Glory! Glory I see it. I'll see it. Hallelujah,
1: I said they just start the King's Highway. That's all. <laughs> there it is. See? Yes. Oh, yes. They. It's strange how they miss it, but I guess it's just to be that way. It's all cut out by God, and I guess He that's the way it's supposed to be. Now, how does a doctor ever find what kind of medicine I have to work on a person with? Yes, they're afraid of the new birth. You know what? The reason they're afraid of the new birth, because listen, excuse me, my sisters, will you? I'm—it's uh, a mixed audience, but you listen to your doctor. I, I'm your brother. Any birth is a mess. I don't care where it's at—if it's in the pig pen, in the barnyard, or if it's in the pink-decorated hospital room—it's a mess. And the new birth is too. <laughs> it'll make you squall and bawl and wash all that paint off your face. It, yeah. It'll do things for you that you didn't think you'd do. You'll carry on like you never did think you would do. It's a mess. But you know, before you can be born, you have to die. And some people die awful hard. <laughs> they kick and bawl and scream and carry on. But unless a corn of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it abides alone.
0: Yeah. If you want to
1: bring forth fruit, die to yourself and your own man-made theology and be
0: born
1: again of the spirit of
0: resurrection.
1: That old spirit of selfishness and dryness that's in you take on new life it's messy unless a grain of corn falls in the ground and rots unless a man rots to his own theology unless you rotten to Methodist theology unless you rotten to Baptist theology unless you rotten to Pentecostal theology until you rock to those things and give yourself into the hands of God, All right. then the old man will die and the new man will be born in Christ Jesus. And you will rise. Glory!
0: In the power and the resurrection of Christ and
1: the life that is in Christ will be in you, and these signs shall follow you. That's what's the matter. Yes, there's where it's at. How do they get medicine? You know how they get medicine? Uh, they take a guinea pig. And they work up some kind of stuff, medicine, and think this order to do a certain thing, and they shoot it into a guinea pig. And if he survives it, they'll give it to you. You know, everybody ain't made like a guinea pig. You know, sometimes the medicine will kill you. There's been by as many killed with penicillin as has been healed or helped. So, you know, everybody ain't made alike. So it'll help some and kill the others. Because all men ain't made up like guinea pigs. But, you know, it'll help some and kill the others. But there's one thing, sure. God's toxin will hurt no one but cure all. That's right. For he said, whosoever will. It won't kill you. It'll heal you.
0: Oh, heal
1: the brokenhearted. Lift up those feeble hands God, joy. Take a little washroom and so backwards. She can't talk to the insurance man that comes to the door and let her get filled with the Holy Ghost, she can give a testimony of a shake of shingles all about the house. She's got something, something's happened to her. She's born in the Spirit of God. God. Take the honorest prostitute that ever walked the street out here. The dogs wouldn't even look at her. That's right. Let her come in and get cleaned up from God. She'll be a crack neighborhood. Amen. Right. That's what the grace of God does. Right. Don't whitewash, but it washes white. Yes. That's right. Make her gun barrel straight. I believe in an old-time, backwoods, sky-blue, sin-killing religion. Yes, sir, that kills out sin and self, and you're born again get into the Spirit of God and live for Him. Amen. That's the kind that of saves you, brother. Well, glory. Yeah. Sometime I go back down in the state of Kentucky. You know what, them Baptists down there in the state of Kentucky would make some of us Pentecostals feel ashamed. They said, Brother Brad, you said you was a Baptist. Yeah, I was a real Baptist old. We didn't walk up and take the right hand of fellowship. Brother, we got out the altar and beat one another in the back till we come through. Amen. <laughs> We got up there. We had something. Amen. The other day in California, I was in a great church, one of our great Pentecostal churches, and made an altar calling three or four people come to the altar. And I begged for five minutes to get somebody to come pray with them sinners. I sort of tore out more. I couldn't hardly stand up from preaching. And I said, will somebody come pray?" Just sit there, just as starches at Pentecostal church. Well, them Baptists down make a machine, I was preaching down there on... Decoration day, way back up there and the hollering old old horses, eating corn all around, dinner on the ground, foot washing, you know, and stand out there preaching, preaching on, we shall rise, hallelujah, we shall rise on that resurrection morning. I said, there lays my old grandmother. I held her in my arms, 110 years old, when she threw her arms around my neck, said, God bless your little soul, honey, dying forevermore, I'll meet you in heaven. About that time, my old aunt standing back there with big old long bonnets on, she said, Hallelujah! Here she comes, come. Like that. No sinner. boy standing stand there with a big old limb bark hat in his hand like that. He said, God be merciful to my soul. And here he comes down the altar before he got there. There's about 20 of those old mammies around him. We got saved for he got the altar, brother. Amen. 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 You know what time we eat dinner? About 4.30 that afternoon. Brother, they stayed there until they come through. Oh, used to be old, cold, formal Baptists. Now it's old, cold, formal Pentecostals. That's right. That's That's exactly right. Yes. They give the little guinea pig a noxine, toxine, give it to him. If he makes it, then they give it to you. It won't work. But you know, when God got ready to try his toxine out, he didn't give it to a guinea pig. He gave it to himself. Amen. That's right. God became flesh and dwelt among us in order to try the toxin on himself. Any real good doctor will try it on himself before he gives it to his patient. That's right. And God, that's the reason he had to become flesh. Jehovah was a spirit. God God the Father is a spirit. God the Son is a man who the Spirit of God dwelt in. We all know that. So then, when God came down and made flesh so he could take the toxin, so on the banks of the Jordan... He'd taken the injection himself, the greatest thing that ever happened, when earth and heaven kissed, when the lamb and dove come together. The dove, the meekest bird of the heaven. God, Jehovah, rep- himself, rec- represented himself in the meekest bird of the air, the dove. God, the Son, which was Jesus Christ, represented himself in the meekest animal, a lamb and a dove that are both the same nature. What if that dove would have fell down on a wolf? It's a... Days of miracles just passed. The dove went zoop. Right. Sure. The first time the wolf snorted, no one of them big tempers, you know, they got like that. I'll tell you right now, if you don't belong to mine. Uh uh. The dove don't stay there. That's right. The dove is meat. The lamb is lead. The lamb don't have but one thing to offer. That's wool. I heard someone tell me say, a woman said, It's my American privilege if I want to smoke cigarettes. I said, That's exactly right said, they sell it. I said, that's exactly right. But if you're a lamb, you forfeit your rights. But if you're a goat, you won't do it. (laughs) You just do whatever you want to. It's your rights, but you forfeit it for the kingdom of God's sake. That's right. You forfeit all your rights. Kingdom of God's sake, forfeit it. Certainly. Now, we find out that God took the anoxine himself. The toxin. He was inoculated. They watched him through life. When they spit in his face, he said nothing about it. When they put an old dirty rag around his head and hit him on top of the head said, Now if you're a prophet, tell us who hit you and will. He never opened his mouth. They jerked handfuls of beard out of his face till it was bleeding. They put a crown of thorn on his face. He said, I could speak to my father and he had sent me twenty legions of angels. But my kingdom's is none of this world. See? The toxin held in a time of temptation. They took him on the cross and let him thirst up there and die, bleed till his human Body run dry, toxin hell. He riled not back when he was riled on. That's the kind of toxin. Everybody was the world was watching it. The disciples was watching it. Then they seen him until finally when he come to the last hour, what was say, "Oh, I was wrong. I was wrong. Take me off. I'll join your churches. I'll believe your theology." He said, "Into thy hands I command my spirit, Father. It's finished." <laughs> oh, That's all. The toxin help, brother. The toxine hell. Then they burned him. Some of them said this imposter said that he had raised on the third day. Let's make sure. So they took a hundred men, rolled a big rock up against the door, and put Caesar's seal up on it. Burn up, brick it. What's going to happen? Where's the toxine at now? Glory to God on Easter morning. It proved
0: what it was.
1: Amen. Amen. <laughs> it broke the seal of Caesar. It broke the seal of death broke the seal of the grave, broke the seal of hell, it rose out again. Amen. Hallelujah. Triumph over death, hell, and the grave. God's toxin hell. There's 120 people said, I want to get inoculated too. I want that kind of inoculation. Don't you want that? Jesus said, the same inoculation I've got, you'll have it also. It'll work on you just like it does on me.
0: Amen.
1: The works that I do, shall you also, if you just get inoculated with this toxin that I'm on. Well, if you say that's wrong, oh, no wait, it isn't either. Two come to him and said, Lord, let my, one of my sons settle your right hand where I, He said, can you drink the cup that I drink? Can you be baptized with the baptism and I'm baptized with? said, yes. Otherwise, other words, inoculated with inoculation and I'm inoculated with? said, yes, yeah, said, you will. But the right and left hand's not mine. That belongs to the Father to give that... But said, you shall be inoculated. In other words, receive the same that I have got. Now, wouldn't you like to have that inoculation? Wouldn't that be fine to know that in life you can live that life? In life, these signs will follow you. In death, you can say, Father, it's finished. Into the hands I command my spirit. Oh, my... Then on the resurrection morning, glory to God! They by patching a face with a shovel. But on that resurrection morning, you'll come forth again for the inoculation. Hold! They saw it held in the hour of death. It held in temptation. It held in the sick bed. It held in the grave. It held in hell.
0: It held on Easter,
1: and there was hundred and twenty desired that inoculation. So they went up to the upper room to wait for their inoculation. Amen. Jesus said, I'll send the serum down just as soon as you get up there and wait oh. I'll begin to feel real religious, honestly. Glory! You're
0: going to call me a holy
1: roller anyhow. You might as well get started. You think Baptists
0: don't shout and here's
1: one that does. i believe it. Amen. Yes, brother!
0: Hallelujah!
1: Hallelujah! them up rooms and waited for the inoculation to come. All of a sudden there came the serum from heaven. Is there no bomb in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Here comes the inoculation down, the medical kit for healing, for he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquity. Cast of our peace is
0: up on him,
1: healed. Hallelujah! Amen. The symptoms of that death Calvary oh, sent God. back the inoculation to the church for the commission going to all the world preach the gospel these signs shall follow them that's inoculated
0: oh, there came
1: a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind inoculated 120 how did they act just like a branded cat brother here's what the impact of that inoculation brother they were so drunk on the spirit till the people thought they were crazy they said these men are full of new wine Peter said full of new wine got up and began to preach to them now, the first thing you know, they said, We would like to have some of this inoculation. They seen something real. The hungry hearted church members saw something real. Something that actually those people had is making them act like that. They seen that they had something because they looked like they were drunk and yet they were religious and yet they had signs. Said, Well, now, uh, uh, have you got a doctor here? <laughs> Is there any doctor here? He said, Yeah, we got one here, Dr. Simon Peter. Amen. Come forth, Dr. Simon Peter. Tell him the prescription. <laughs> so What can we do to be saved? What can we do to get the inoculation? Uh, Peter said, Well, you must take the caution. <laughs> you must get it right here in the fellowship. <laughs> you must be tried for six months first to see where it really works or not. <laughs> oh, mercy. That's man made theory. Peter said, Read, hit every one of you.
0: Be baptized
1: in the name of Jesus
0: Christ for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the Holy Ghost. Amen,
1: Lord. said, I'm giving you an eternal prescription. Dr. Peter gave him a... Doctor Simon Peter, on the day of Pentecost, gave us an eternal prescription.
0: That's Not life. join
1: hands, shake hands, sprinkle. He said, "Repent!" <laughs> Not come into the church, but he said, "Repent, everyone of you! Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost." For the promise is <laughs> to you and to your children this
0: prescription, which no so ever will be! <laughs> That's it. Is there no bombing? Sure. Is there no
1: physicians there? Certainly. That's right. Then why are my people still sick? (laughs) Hallelujah. You know what's the matter? You get a real doctor that'll write out a prescription and you take it down to some quack druggist and he goes to mixing that prescription something else, he'll kill the patient. That's exactly right. That's what's the matter. We got too many quack seminaries. Let's right. try to make something else. Join the church. Your mother belongs here. Put your name on the book. Yeah. Brother, don't you tamper with that prescription. You give it just like the doctor wrote it. Yeah.
0: Hallelujah. Yeah.
1: And the same results will come. Yeah. If you'll follow the prescription. Right. Don't divvy from it. Now remember prescription has so much poison in it, then it has enough antidote. To upset that poison, enough poison, he diagnoses your case, and then he gives you enough poison to kill the germ, enough antidote to upset it so it won't kill you. Right. And if you put all antidote, it won't help you. Put all poison it'll kill you. Right. So it has to be a balanced prescription. And God the doctor knows how to give it to Simon Peter, and he wrote it, and he said this prescription is for
0: you, your children, and to then as many as the Lord.
1: Now you say Pentecost is not right. What's the matter? What kind of a drugstore are you going to? That's what's the matter we got card parties in the church, bunk games to pay the preacher. Selling right. old rooftop roosters, borrow them up about selling for a dollar and a half a plate to pay the preacher. Him stand up there talking about flowers and things and never preach the baptism of the Holy Ghost. What's the matter,
0: brother? That's the reason
1: we got sickness. That's the reason we got people that don't believe the divine right healing. It's because they haven't put the right prescription. Hey. Amen. You get the baptism of the Holy Ghost and you'll believe in God's power. You'll believe every word God says. You'll punctuate it with an amen to everything God says. And then people didn't sit there and say, Well, Simon, I suppose I'm must all right. Brother... When they got that, they were filled with the Holy Ghost. And remember you Catholic person, the Blessed Virgin Mary was right there. And if God wouldn't let her come to heaven without, she took that same prescription. How are you going to get there anything less? (laughs) Some of you cold starch Pentecostals. You cold starchy Baptists. You cold starchy Methodists. How are you going to get there anything less than that? When even the mother of Jesus Christ had to go up there and get the same thing and stagger and act like she was drunk, that ain't the Bible. I ask any professor to come this room, and every time in the Bible they ever got the Holy Ghost, they acted exactly the way they did there. The prescription will take the same effect on every time. Hey, man, what time is it? Oh, I thought it was seven o'clock. Oh, brother. Listen, brother. Listen, sister. What the world needs today is to see something real. That's what they're looking for, to see something real. I mean the real born again. Now, them kind that was ordained eternal life will sit my sheep, hear my voice. Exactly, that's right. You say, well, yes, we are Presbyterian. I don't care what you are. If you hear the real voice of God and the real voice of God made them people act like that and do like that and have a ministry like that, the same power of God will do the same thing today if you've got it. Yes. That's right. If you received it, it'll act on you like it did them. Yes. Certainly it is. Peter said this prescription is for all generations. So you people who are making up a bunch of man-made dogma and call it doctrine, calling creeds, church creeds, Presbyterian, Methodist, Baptist, and even Pentecostal creeds, what's the matter with you? Take God's prescription. That's the reason the children are sick. You haven't got the prescription fulfilled yet. God's got plenty of bomb now. Don't worry about that. You just obey the prescription and see what happens. Repent! And see if the Holy Ghost
0: will come. Do as God said.
1: Do and see if the Holy Ghost will come. See if it'll take the same effect it did. What's the matter today, friend? We've got to really have it. That's what God said. Something real. While I'm talking about real, let me close. Will you give me five more minutes? I like to hunt. I just love to hunt. Just to get and see the sunsets and get in the woods. As all of you know, my mother's a half-breed. My mother's mother comes from the reservations, draws a pension, see. So, we, my conversion never took it out of me, the love of the woods. A Christian businessman, full gospel. They take me on the river, no return. Around the world, a-hunting to Africa, Asia, the mountains. Bud Branham, the Rainy Pass Lodge in Anchorage, that's my cousin, see. And 16 planes going in for grizzly, sheep, and so forth. You hunter, brothers, and so forth. You ever go up there and let me ride him, and it gets you in there ch- cheap, see? So, and, and I get to go up there and hold meetings, and they take me in for nothing because I don't have any money, so, and that's why, the reason I don't have to have any money, if the Lord wants not send me to Africa, he'll say, Brother Branham, somebody come up and say, Lord said to give you this. I say, thank you, Lord. I know that's, <laughs> yeah, See, I don't have to beg for nothing, and the Lord won't want me go, then he'll keep me here, see? Just. That's the way to live. I love to live that way. That's what he said. All right. I ain't got, got nothing. Don't want nothing. So I just want his grace is all. I used to hunt up in the north woods. I had a hunting partner up there. And you, all you brethren that hunt know what a good hunting partner is. You know one another. He was one of the finest hunters and the best shots I've ever seen. You never had to worry about him. Sometimes you take a... A chichocker in the woods, and, and you get, well, chichocker, that means greenhorn, and it's an Indian word. But you take him into the woods, and you just have to keep an well, eye on him or get him lost. But you never had to worry about old Bert. He never worried about that. He was about a half Indian himself. So he was a fine fellow, but the meanest man i ever seen in my life. He was a cruel hearted guy. He used to shoot little fawns just to make me feel bad. Now, I don't think it's wrong to shoot a fawn. If the conservation says for you to shoot a fawn, that's all right. Abraham killed a calf and fed it to God. So the fawn part's all right. But not just to be mean. It's, a, it's not what you do, it's the way you do it. So sometimes it's not what you say, it's the way you say it. And so then uh, this um, this little fawn, he'd see them little fawns and he knew me being a minister, you know. He'd just shoot them little fellas. Eight or ten of them a year just to make me feel bad. And I said, Bert, you are one of the finest buddies. And I like to hunt with you because you're a good fella. But you are so mean. He said, you call me mean? I said, you're more than that. You're wicked. And he said, ah, oh, preacher, get next to yourself. He said, you're chicken-hearted like the rest of preachers. And I said, I'm not chicken-hearted. But I said, man, hey, I'm a hunter. And I said, I, I don't, I'm not a killer. I'm a hunter. And he said, ah, get next to yourself, Billy. One year up there, he said, I went up, I was a little late getting up there. The sea's been open a couple of weeks. And oh, if anybody ever hunted the north woods, them whitetails, oh, brother. Talk about who and any of the escape artists, they, he, he's an amateur to them when they're shot at a couple of times. They just just like that. And sometimes you can't see over 20 feet away from you in them woods there in Maine where you, you, you better know where you're at or you'll never come back. For hundreds of miles it's just level and you fall into marsh and go over your head ten times and, and it's just dangerous hunting. If you're not a real woodsman, stay out of it unless you got somebody with you. So we were out there hunting and we and before we went out, my wife was with me and she stayed up the lodge up the camp. There's about twenty women up there. So Bert and I always take across the other side of the mountain and we knew where we were at and was hunting. And he said, I got something, Billy. I said, what is it, Bert? reached down his pocket and he had a little whistle. He could blow it and sound like a little fawn crying. That's a baby deer, you know, crying for its mammy. And, uh, oh, I said, Bert, you're not that cruel. Would would you call a doe up with that fawn call?" He said, ah, get next to yourself. I didn't really think he'd do it, honest. We hunted. There's about six inches of snow on the ground, about good hunting, weather tracking. We hunted all the way till noon, didn't find a thing, not even a track. There's them deer's feet at night, and then in the daytime they get back under the bushes and things, you can't move them. And so, they won't move till it gets night again. Unless you happen to step on one to get him out. So then, uh, we'd hunted about 11 o'clock, 11.30, and we always pack uh, a thermos bottle full of hot chocolate and maybe a sandwich, and we'd climb up as far as we could, and then at noon time we'd eat and then separate, and he'd go another way, and me another way, and we'd come back to the spike camp for that night. Come in maybe 10 or 11 o'clock at night. So then, uh, he has come to a little opening about the size of this uh, auditorium in here, and he just kind of, is in front of me, so he just kind of hunkered down like this, The hunker, I guess that's all right here, enough Kentuckians here know what I mean when I say hunker, so just kind of stooped down, brother, and um, he reached back in his pocket like this, and he was going to get, uh, go to get his, uh, I thought he was getting his sandwich out, and when he did, he brought out that little whistle, and I looked at him and I said, oh, shame on you, Bert. He blowed it and it sounded just exactly like a little baby crying for its mother. And when he did, I looked just across the place and a great big doe stood up. And he had eyes just like a lizard. And he looked at me them lizard eyes like that and I said, Oh, you wouldn't do that, Bert. I said, She, that's a mother, brother. I said, That's a mother. She thinks that's her baby. He said, Oh, get next to yourself, preacher. Slipped <laughs> around like this with his gun. I thought, Oh, my. And he blew it again. I could just see them great big eyes and big ears sticking out like that. Dole, the mother deer. She probably had fawns, you see. So her baby was in trouble. She was listening, and big ears up. And so he blew it again. Now that's altogether unusual at that time of day, 11 o'clock in the day. So she stepped right out into this opening. Now that's altogether unusual if anybody hunts deer. Walked right out into that opening. What was the matter? She was looking for her baby. She's looking around like that. Now she wasn't playing a part of a hypocrite. She had something in her. She was born a mother, and her baby was in trouble. She was looking for that baby. Just then, I see old Bert. We never carry a shell in the in the barrel, and that's bad policy. So I see him take this 30 six and put a that 180 grain mushroom bullet, oh, a dead shot. Pull that tip down, raise it up like that, and the crosshairs that scope right across her heart. Oh God, how can that man do that? That mother looking for her baby. And then he'd be cruel enough to blow that precious, loyal heart plumb through her. While well, across this building with that, using that heavy load of shell he was, why he'd blow her heart plumb out of her. I thought, how can he be that mean? Just to that precious mother, that loyal heart, looking for her baby. Out looking for her baby, and then him shoot her heart out of her. I thought, Bert, you're wicked. And. He looked down. I see him moving down like this and setting himself. And oh, brother, I know what was going to happen. I couldn't look at it. And in the, when I turned around to see what he was doing, the deer spotted the hunter. And she spooked. That That's a hunter's word. That means he got scared. And she she looked up. She threw them big ears up like that. Did she run? No, sir. Death or no death, her baby was in trouble. She was looking for her. Oh, my. She couldn't help it. She was a mother. She was born a mother. She wasn't playing the part of a hypocrite. She was a mother. Death or no death, that baby was in trouble and she was looking for it. And I thought, surely that ought to strike that cruel-hearted man. I see him lovingly, self-get ready to shoot. I turned my back. I couldn't look at it. I just couldn't stand it. See that precious mother... To get that precious, loyal heart that she loved her baby so much until she's going to have it blown plumb out of her. Look, and looking at what a hunter was sitting there, too, and know that meant death to her. But she was hunting her baby. And I turned around and I thought, Oh God, oh, how can he do it? How can he do it? God, it's so cruel. And I stand behind a little spruce tree. I thought, Oh God, how can he do it? And there's a snowbank there. I thought, that precious mother's to get her heart broke from out of her. God, I can't look at it. How can he do it? I noticed the gun didn't fire. I turned around to see what he was doing. He was going like this. He was shaking. He looked around at me, and those lizard eyes had changed. Great big tears were running off his cheeks. He grabbed that gun and threw on the ground. He grabbed me by the pants leg. He said, "Billy, I've had enough of it." Lead me to that Jesus that you talk about as real. What was it? He saw something real. He saw something it wasn't put on. He saw something that was genuine. He saw a mother's love that would stand in the face of death
0: or a barbed heart. He saw
1: something real, not a sermon I preached or a song that the church sung. He's a deacon in a Baptist church now. He caught me little a on that snow snowdrift. He said, Billy, I've seen something that's real, sir. bad enough. But tell me about it. I knelt down in the snow, and I said, Bert, God said, if they hold their peace, these rocks will cry you love him? He said, I want a kind of love for my God, that dear head, Bert, baby. And there on that snowdrift there, I led that hunter to God. I wonder tonight, how many you in here would like to have that kind of love for your Lord? Like that, me, that, gee. She. What did she do? She displayed something that was real. Now, friends, there's so much make-belief today. Let's not take that. Let's have something real. It's so late. Let's just stand to our feet and consecrate our lives to God. All that wants God to come into your heart and give you an experience to be a lover of Christ and have the love for Christ that you could face death or anything, the kind of love that that mother dear had for her baby. Raise up your head hands like this. Let us bow our heads. Yes, Lord. We got bomb. There's bomb in Gilead. There's physicians here. God, I pray that you'll help the people now to come and be inoculated. Come and be inoculated from temper, from unbelief. Get ready for that great service tomorrow. Granted. With our heads bowed, how many of you wants that real Pentecostal Holy Ghost love of God? That's Pentecost's real love. Would you come stand around the altar while I pray for you? Come move out of your position now while you're standing. Come up here now and say, I want that kind of love, Brother Branham. I want to love, my Lord. God bless you. God bless you. That's right. Come from the balcony. It's real Come now. This might be the hour that all for life. What's, what's any more greater to you, friend? No matter if you're a church member, that doesn't matter. You say, "Well, I belong to a Pentecostal church, but if you haven't got that dying love for Christ to display before the world, so the people can see, won't you come, you Pentecostal people that knows that you're living a life you got temper and you got flusterations and you sometimes fear doubt? Why don't you come on up, come around, show God this by coming up? I'm sorry, God, I, I I want love, I want real love." I want to love you, Lord, like that mother dear loved her baby. You say, but my neighbors, I go to church with them. But your Lord, what about him? Well, you come from the balcony. There's plenty of up there. We're standing right here and waiting. You young students here from this college, you're going out to be the men of tomorrow, the women of tomorrow. Why don't you come and dedicate your life? We're not asking you to join any Pentecostal church. You stay a Methodist, just what you are. But you come get this experience of the love of God in your heart, so sweet that when you go to your parish, wherever God will lead you, young man, young woman, why don't you come and get a real inoculation from sin? Some of you students out there smoking cigarettes, aren't you ashamed? To come here. What John Wesley would have turned in his grave if he had known. You may be a student of that. Come on up here. Won't you come? Sir, God, get God in your heart, really. Come. Won't you come out of the balconies? All, oh, all, oh, whosoever will. The prescription's open tonight. We got bomb here in Gilead, and here's the physician. right? we the whatever more to leave. We have them here. Won't you come? Won't you come? Read? Dedicate yourself to God and have an experience. God's going to. Now remember. God's going to ask you, why didn't you come? Before morning, if you get sick, you feel pains in your arms. They're coming up around your shoulders. You know what that is, don't you? You're dying. You feel your pulse coming up. Your hand's getting cold. The doctor runs up and says, it's a heart attack. The ambulance is screaming. And you feel your life. You're pressing the pill and you know you're going to die. God's going to say, Why? Didn't you come? Well, Lord, I belong to the church. That ain't what he's talking about. Why? Why? Why is there still sin sickness in the church? Is there no bomb to cure it? Yeah, there's bombs to cure it. There's physicians here. Everything's ready. Won't you come? Come now while we're Just a moment.
0: dear, my.
1: Be born to a Christian like that, dear. What was that, dear? She was born a mother. She was born to be a mother. Come, be born to be a Christian. Come on, you'll have the same love of God, more so than a deer has for the mother. Can a mother forget her sucking babe? Yes, she might, but
0: I can't forget you. Your name's pray on the palms of my hand Won't you come? I'm inviting you.
1: And remember, at the day of the judgment when you're asked why. The tape recording of this night will be played over. Do not
0: me i am ever sold, ever sold. But habits, deeper, frustrations, doubts,
1: People, Come. If you haven't enough faith, you don't think. Won't you come now to get the real thing in you that gives you faith? You're praying on being healed tonight. Won't you come now out of the office? saying, Lord, take all my doubts and leave me. Take all my doubts. Let so me have something here that makes me really know. Give me something that tomorrow night when that healing line's is called, I'll say, Lord. you know It's hers. Why don't you lay under his heart now? Let's give your life over to him. He died for you that you could be saved. Now that mother could, something happened to her, and she could forget her baby. The Bible said so. But never can I forget you, he said. Your name engraved in the palms of my hands. Won't you come now? This is a like a consecration service. Come now. One more time, so I'll be sure that I call everybody. Now remember, you Catholic people, you say, Brother Graham, I'm Catholic. I don't care. A Catholic can be saved the same as anybody. I'm Baptist. Right? Well I'm Pentecostal. A Pentecostal can be saved just like anybody else. But if you haven't got though listen, though I speak with tongues of man and angels and have not love Pentecostal. Speak the tongue of men and angels. Both the unknown and the known. Now, you Methodist, this? Those, the Baptist the Catholics, go out and understand all the mysteries of God, can Explain the whole Bible, know it all. My theology is supreme and have not the kind of love.
0: I am nothing. Though I give all my goods to the poor, give my body to be burned as a sacrifice,
1: the moved problem, though I can do it, and have not love, I am nothing. Where there's tongues, it shall cease. Where there's prophecy, it shall fail. Where there's knowledge, it shall vanish. But when love
0: comes, it endures forever. Dear dying man, thy precious blood shall never lose its power. To all the land and church of God be saved and saved the Lord. Listen, ever since by I saw that street
1: thy going to survive. Redeemed love has been my theme, and shall be till I die. Then the more sweeter song I'll sing thy power to save, when this poor, spring stammering tongue lies silent in the grave. Let me live and use every ounce of my strength, my body, and all that I am to express the love of Jesus Christ that's shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Now, every person in here, you around the altar, whatever your trouble is, confess it to God. I got temper. I got habits. I'm ashamed of my life. I've done this, that other. I'm going to pray for you. I want everybody to be there. Our Heavenly Father, these he was come upon the simple Word of the living God and upon the story that happened some 20 years ago when a cruel, hearted, hunter to be mean any different that day up there on that snowdrift, when He saw a mother deer display a real genuine love. He saw something real that's what he wanted. Surely, if God could give that kind of love to an animal, He could give it to a man. There, you give him that great experience of the new birth. Now, Father, these are standing around the altar. There are women, mothers, fathers, children. God, they're standing here ready to receive that love. May they not walk up here in vain, but may they be so determined that they're going to be inoculated from their evil. Thoughts, their their, their frustrations, their tempers, until the Holy Ghost will fall upon them, Lord, like a rushing mighty wind. Grant it, Lord. Through Jesus Christ's name, I commit them to you. I want you to walk right up here around.
0: Okay. Here's
1: is now your head on grass,
0: brother, brother.
1: If, yeah, if you'll lead us in prayer, I commit you to Jesus Christ, the Son of God, for the desire of your heart that you come, I'll be grateful that all the personal workers. come.